Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. At Southwestern Insurance Group, it isn't just about the policy, it's about who's got your back. I'm David Stewart. I'm the founder and president of Southwestern Insurance Group. Southwestern Insurance Group was founded on the idea that insurance is more than just an afterthought. It's an important part of your life. It's what allows you to achieve your goals and dreams. Our process is simple, our people are fantastic, and our service is phenomenal. We put your needs front and center with personalized service and quality coverage options that can evolve as your life changes. I highly recommend Southwestern Insurance Group. These guys are young, they're really energetic, they're go-getters, they can shop, they're great, and so they're really competitive and they're able to get you the best rate. And they're super transparent. So if they can't meet what they currently have, they'll tell you. Visit swinsurancegroup.com to get a quote or learn more today. From all of us here at Southwestern Insurance Group, we look forward to serving your families, home, auto, and life insurance needs. On today's episode, host Dan Moore welcomes David Stewart, founder and president of Southwestern Insurance Group. Southwestern Insurance Group is currently serving clients in five states and is growing nationwide with a focus on the customer experience and a mission to make insurance cool again. We hope you enjoy. Dave, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Thank you for having me, Dan. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Well, this is really going to be fun having known you for a long time. As they say, since you were knee high to an alligator, it's fun to be able to chat with you because you're building one of the most important insurance businesses in America and eventually in the world. That is our goal. I think it's just great. You know, we can always look back on our lives, Dave, and figure out, okay, this led to that, this led to that, this led to that. Can you jump us back through your life and talk about what were some of the most significant pivot points that changed your direction and then put you on the course that ended up where you are today? Oh, wow. One of the most important inflection points really was in high school when I didn't make the, the freshman basketball team. Hmm. Basketball was, you know, I, I love the sport. It's a great game. Uh, I just was not good enough to make the team. I will say the team was great at the time. And so I don't feel too terrible about it. They were exceptional. And then I was given a decision. Well, what do I do now? Right. Like I thought I was going to play basketball and have a lot of fun doing that and excel there. And an opportunity came my way to play water polo. That was a game I had never even heard of. And so after picking up water polo, learning the game uh, from the ground up, I wasn't even a swimmer at that point. That really taught me a lot of about what discipline and coachability and the work ethic that it took to become a great player, at least at the high school level in a short amount of time. The other one that really sticks out to me was the decision to sell books, but I was able to use those character traits I developed you know, through sports in a totally new environment. The Southwestern Advantage program, selling books door-to-door 80 hours a week, was definitely not something that uh, initially appealed to me. That sounded like a ton of work and extremely difficult, but I knew that it was something that would help me develop myself. Huh. You didn't make the basketball team. Seeking another alternative, it actually ended up in a better situation for you. It did. I, I, being put that far outside my comfort zone in a, a sport I never even considered, it really did actually show me what I could do with really putting my time and effort into something new. That's extremely cool. You know, you're, you're building a business that you actually started from scratch. And a lot of our listeners are in the exact same boat wondering, well, what in the world do I do to get this thing started? 
because you left a successful position where you were well-established, being well-paid, to come in and start up an insurance business off a completely flat rock. I don't think you knew too much about insurance at the time you got it started. Can you share some of the uh, the most important lessons that came and, and things that you felt like are really important in the first six to 12 months of getting a new business going? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, I knew about uh, as much about insurance as most people listening might know. I mean, I, I think I might've still been on my parents' auto policy at the time. And so, uh, you know, it was definitely an intimidating endeavor to take on. However, you know, having had success in other areas, I thought it was something that I could figure out, right? I may not know how to do it now, but with the right work ethic, the right basics, right? The right mindset, determination, I knew I could figure it out eventually. And so, you know, thankfully I was able to find a couple of good mentors. You know, that was a huge thing. I made sure to surround myself with other individuals, um, but also insurance experts that could help at least give me their version, their blueprints, right? Their information. So I could say, okay, you know, here are the wonderful things that these other people do. Here's how this has been done in the past in other industries. And how can I put that together to create the company that I have a vision for? And so I think one thing I've done my best at is to expose myself to as much information as possible. So I'm always prepared for the next challenge. So whether that's books, podcasts, or just speaking with you know amazing people, how can I learn as much as possible? So when I arrive at a challenge, I'm prepared for it. That definitely got me through the first six months and just work ethic and drive. It's a lot of hours, a lot of determination. And I think that's not the, uh, maybe the cool thing to talk about. Having an obsession with the business. I mean, I was in the office by, like, I think, 6 a.m. and left at 5 or 6 p.m. every day. In fact, I still run similar hours right now. But if I don't know how to do something, I can at least put the time and effort in my favor and always believing that I might not be the smartest person, but I can put in the work to get there. Well, you happen to be also one of the smartest people. So that helps when you, when you combine those two things. I think we both know the old saying that hard work beats talent when talent won't work hard. Exactly. And so I was going to at least, uh, at least put the hard work in. You know, the, the founder of the Holiday Inn chain, Kemens Wilson, was once asked a secret to success. And he said, I think it comes from just working half a day. And the guy looked shocked. He said, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's the first 12 hours or the second 12 hours. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I think going in with the mentality, of once I made the decision to start this business, it's whatever it takes. Whatever it takes is what I'm here to figure out. What do I need to become to lead to a successful business? Mm-hmm. That's one of the most fun things about starting a business. I was thinking about this and it doesn't put you up against reality, but it forces you to be in tune with reality and then also create a reality. And it, t- it can take a lot of time and effort to, to do that. But that's what's so fun about it is that you get to create and obviously put in the work to, to make something happen, but you just consistently adjust in small ways. I mean, I, I can't even count the amount of things that we've tried that didn't work. And, and why there's no point in capping those because you just get onto the next you know, pivot or you know, just a minor adjustment. As long as you continually adjust and oscillate between trial and errors, eventually you'll get to something that works. That's extremely true. You know, you mentioned uh, hitting a few things that didn't work well. Can you share your reflection, Dave, whenever you hit some kind of an unexpected brick wall, you know, where you just are absolutely face plant into something that you're not expecting? What are some things that you've kind of learned from those experiences? Because I'm sure you've had more than one. (laughs) There have been quite a few. There's so much that you don't know that you don't know, right? And a lot of times you only know them when they hit you in the face. And I think one of the most fun things about, I use the word fun probably way too often, but I, I have trained myself to have that perspective when I hit a brick wall, because that means I get to learn something new. I get to figure out something that I didn't know previously. And so it's like, okay, this is a brick wall. I get to learn how to get through it. 
that's where the personal development and growth comes in for me as the leader. And I constantly get to figure out those brick walls. And so I think the first thing of the mentality of almost using hindsight as foresight in the sense of when I hit a brick wall, I've always gotten over them. I will always get through them. It just might be a lot of work. And so knowing that can at least give me the confidence to try to knock the wall over and not back down in the face of it. Because that's, the, I think, again, you have to have the right mindset that I'm getting through this wall. I just get to figure out how. Hmm. And then using the resources available, right? I mean, whether it's YouTube, the internet, mentors, or just time and effort. There have been so many things that uh, have been initially very scary and turned into huge opportunities and learning experiences. Multiple times we're you know, made miscalculations as far as expected revenue, and we had to adjust as a company. And I had to deliver messages to my team and say, hey, these were mistakes that we made, that I made. As the leader, I made the mistake. And so I definitely learned a lot about humility. Going forward, I really have learned to evaluate things as thoroughly as I possibly can to avoid the brick wall. But if I do hit it, hopefully it's a small one. Right. So you reflect back on other times you've been through that and it gives you that internal confidence. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to get through this one now, but I know I will because I have always in the past. And then you always look back on it and it's like, it's part of my story. It's part of our story, an individual and as a company. At the end of the day, you know, the story is part of what we're here for. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And I know that's basic to say, but I would like my story, my, our company's story to be one of overcoming those things. And so it's not going to be one of stopping in a brick wall. Right. Dave started a company, hit a brick wall at the end. <laughs> not that good a story. No, I don't know. <laughs> now, you mentioned a minute ago, you used the word fun way too often. I don't think you do. But in business, how do you define fun? I think every bit of it is, is enjoyable and fun, even the challenges, because if I don't have that perspective, you know, it'd be easy to give up. It'd be easy to get into a slump or a negative attitude. And that just won't serve myself or my team or the business. And so when I do come up against those challenges, it's like, okay, another fun learning opportunity. And that is the only thought I think. And sometimes, you know, there are bigger challenges than others, but I have to control my self-talk in a way that serves the business. And so how do I, I have fun. I mean, I love my team. They're a blast and it's an honor to work with them. But the things that aren't fun, it's just, well, it, it's going to be afterward. When we're telling a story about how we got through something, it's going to be a fun story. And it's going to be something that we grew from and we're here to grow. Really, really like that approach because it prevents us from getting into the trap of thinking, I got to do this work as opposed to I got this chance to grow. Yeah. And that's why I started a business. I mean, anyone that starts a business like you were there for the challenge. You're there to grow. You're not there because it's, you know, hanging out on a yacht and popping champagne as much as that would be fun. You got to earn that, right? Or you have to, you know, enjoy the, the trials and tribulations while you're in them because we'll get to the other side eventually. Well, I agree with that. And, and for our listeners that are not quite as familiar with your company, one of their mottos, they even have it on hats and t-shirts is make insurance cool again, <laughs> which I think is fantastic because it's something that most people regard as either an unknown quantity that they don't even want to think about, or as a brutal necessity or something that's no point in shopping for, but you make it really easy. You really listen to the client's needs. And in that sense, you do make it cool again because it's very client focused. And that's the goal. Unfortunately, insurance has been commoditized. You know, every advertisement we see is save money on insurance, save money on insurance, save 15%, you know, and they, they miss the point entirely. It's not about saving money. It's about being protected, protecting your family. I don't care to save 15% if my family is at risk, my assets are at risk. And so we really do try to make it a meaningful conversation for our clients and our agents. We're really there to add value to their lives, whether they work with us or not. Insurance is something that we're all going to pay for 
for the rest of our lives, really. I mean, auto insurance, home insurance, there are some circumstances where maybe you don't need it, but for the most part, we're all going to pay for it. So we might as well get as much value from it as we can. And we might as well understand what we have, right? Mm -hmm. So many people don't even know what coverages they're paying for every single month. And so we really try to take that approach to say, hey, Dan, well, yeah, you might not, insurance might not be for you. You might not want to worry about it at all, but at least while we're talking about it, let's make sure we have what you need and you understand and feel confident that if something happens, God forbid, you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be in the best position possible. The other thing with the insurance industry is that as a whole, it is an aging industry, right? Yeah, I think the average insurance agent is about 55, 60 years old. And it's a great industry to be in. We get to serve others. Every day, we're helping 10, 15, 20 families save money, yes, but more importantly, get better protection. So when something happens, they're well taken care of by us and the insurance carrier. And so we can truly feel good about what we do every single day. We get to help people make a financial decision, protect themselves. And we also get to be there for them when they go through a, a challenge, such as a car accident, a severe storm, or even unfortunately the loss of a family member, a loved one or something like that. And we get to be there for them in those moments. And that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. you know, that's meaningful to be able to be somebody that they can count on. So what I'm detecting from a lot of what you say, Dave, is that some of your internal drivers are, of course, deep meaning, having an impact on the world, making it better looking at challenges in the right way that problems in itself are chances to grow, chances to learn something different, chances to have a good story to tell afterward. And these things really help launch you through an awful lot of challenging times and help you enjoy the good times. Now, how many other producers do you currently have on your team in total? So there are nine of us total, six full-time sales agents, and then two half part-time sales agents and uh, operations individuals and then another operations fault. Okay. Now, of your salespeople, how many of them had no prior experience selling insurance? Uh, none of them, actually. None of us sold insurance for this. Okay. And I had a feeling that was the case. So what are, what are some of the philosophies you had then when it came to adding to your team? What are the things that a business owner that realizes it's now time to expand should think about before they start interviewing anybody? That's a great question. So it's so fun to see how that worked out. We have different strengths and weaknesses. And so we can work together to really look at a problem from 360 degrees and say, what's the best path forward here to, to think through something fully? Some of the other gentlemen that joined me, almost all of them were in other very high paying sales roles, software sales, life insurance sales, multiple written software, uh, medical uh, supply sales, medical device sales. They, they were making significantly more money for other opportunities. And one of the things that you know, they learned out in you know, more of that corporate environment was whether that was for them or not. And I think they all wanted to be able to, in some way, shape or form, chart their own path, create their own vision and be a part of a, a startup. You know, the energy of, hey, we're going to find a way. We're going to do whatever it takes to make this work, but it's ours. It's something that we get to contribute to, something that we find meaningful and a way to, again, help our clients. But in a lot of ways, we joined. I mean, one of the main reasons I started the company, one of the main reasons I know they're excited about being here is the people that will join the company in the future and the opportunity to have a, a positive impact on their lives. Right. Well, it's, it's tremendous. And, and I had a feeling most of them had no property and casualty insurance background whatsoever. <laughs> so I guess the lesson from this is you want to hire for attitude. You want to hire for commitment. You want to hire for vision. You want to hire for emotional stability. Mm -hmm. that those things are all more important than a specific skill set in terms of being client-facing and building something from scratch. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we can teach insurance. We all can learn insurance. But those things, not everyone has that. 
Dave, do you have a, a morning routine? How do you start your day? Anything specific that is a regular part of getting your day off to a great start? Oh my gosh, absolutely. In all seriousness, I've had a very strict routine for the past four years since I moved to Nashville. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning, brush my teeth, drink some water, drink a little bit of uh, caffeine, maybe eat a banana. I go to the gym. I'm at the gym at 4 a.m. every day. And then I'm out of the gym by 5 a.m. I'm home cooking food, uh, getting ready. I'm out of my house by 6.15, 6.30 at the latest. And I'm in the office by 6.45. I think that morning routine just kind of grounds me in my day. It gives me you know, a lot of energy, confidence. It's kind of that morning win, being willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that I set myself up for a good day because having the energy to support this business, my team, our clients is more important than anything else I could be doing in the morning. And that naturally starts by going to bed early. That's not for everybody by any means. Uh, but for me, I do it almost out of necessity. You know, schedule is your lifeline, right? That helps me ma- maintain my energy and momentum to have a great week, a great month, and therefore a great year. It's a pretty boring morning routine, but but it works really well for me. And I enjoy it. Well, I wouldn't say it's boring because it's all based on the results you want to have and how you want to feel about yourself. It's also true there are no schedule conflicts at four o'clock in the morning. There aren't. And it, it, it's <laughs> it's nice time to myself. It's nice time to get the blood pumping. And by, by the time I'm in the office, I've already thought through half of what my day, most of what my day is going to look like. I can't show up for my team tired. That, that to me would be unacceptable. I'm here to be awake, alive, and ready to go. Make sure that everyone's organized and going to have a good day. So you try to get to bed around eight or nine o'clock, it sounds like, get some decent sleep. Exactly. Kind of reminds me of the schedule that Mark Wahlberg is on. He starts his day at 2.30 and he gets to bed early at night. So it just makes sense to get your day off to the fantastic starts. Thanks for sharing that, Dave. Now, some of our listeners are in such a good place in their lives. Things are just going super smooth and this is just going to add some some gas to their fire. But we got some other listeners that are pretty discouraged right now. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to somebody that right now is just not sure where to turn next to move forward in their life? Oh, Wow. I mean, that, that is a deep question. And I, I certainly empathize with any individual in that situation and pray for them and, and want to support them. At the same time, I think just remembering why you started. What is your vision for your life? Whether you're older or younger, where do you want to be? What story do you want to tell? Do you want the story to be, I, didn't, I got unlucky, COVID stopped me? And that's real. Like COVID was very real for everyone, uh, and as well as other business challenges. Um, but what do you want your story to be? What impact do you want to have? And knowing that you can have that impact, we all can have that impact on each other. And our, you know, if you have children, you know, what example do you want to be for your children? You know, they look at mom and dad that stopped when it got hard or did they get through it? And I'm not by any means, again, minimizing how hard things can be, but knowing that it will be worth it at the end of it and that we'll, we'll all be better for it. And especially in my opinion, business, you know, anyone that runs a business, you have so much to offer the world and so much positive impact that you can have that we need you. We need great business people. We need great entrepreneurs and people that believe in what they're doing and are there to serve others and create great jobs for others. You know, the world needs you, you know, your trials, your tribulations, you know, will be your lessons that you get to share with others and they will be inspired by what you go through. And so, you know, I I hope that all, anyone in that position chooses to continue and go one more day at a time, you know, just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, it's possible. And I would add to that, having the mindset that whatever you are going through is for you. It's happening for you somehow, some way. And that is so hard sometimes to, to keep that in mind, but it's the only thought process I believe that serves us. 
is to say, whatever this setback is, whatever this challenge is, COVID, health, family, I'm here to learn something. I'm here to come out of this better for it. I just have to find out how. Boy, hey, there's a lot of wisdom to unpack in what you just said. I love that the use of the right preposition. What's happening is happening for me because most people would say it's happening to me. Mm-hmm. And so that energizes a completely different response, completely different reaction. And then the other thing that is so powerful, what you said is, what do you want your story to be? Because there's always going to be an aftermath. Whenever we're faced with anything, there will be a day after, there will be an aftermath. So what do we want the story to be in the aftermath? And if we can visualize telling that story the way we want it to be told, and then back up and figure out what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? To help that story happen. That's the wisdom I've taken from what you just shared. It's really phenomenal. Thank you. You sure you're as young as you are? You got a lot of wisdom in there, right? <laughs> I try. <laughs> David, there's no question that Southwestern Insurance is going to be the best known insurance company in the world and the most impactful. I love the fact you're not going to try to compete on discounts and pricing because although that is a bit important, at the end of the day, that's not what counts the most. The very word insurance and the word sure have the same root word, sureness, the confidence, the conviction that I'm going to be okay. And you help ensure that feeling for everybody. And I hats off to you. Keep making insurance cool. Thank you. We're doing our best. I appreciate it. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.